Hey guys, if you ever heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's a creation tool that helps you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money out of your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello everyone, welcome to our very first episode of 30 Minutes with Phoenix in 2020. I'm your host Phoenix. Happy New Year by the way. On this first episode, I had the wonderful privilege of having a conversation with a colleague who for some very odd reasons, his project topic went viral and got a lot of people talking. But for people like me who could somehow relate to it, I believe that it's for the right reasons and I believe it's a good thing that people talked about it and I hope we continue to talk about this in our higher institution. I hope we have people bold enough to ask the right questions. So grab your popcorn, relax and take a listen to our short conversation. Hi Mr. Jollaby, welcome to Tetim Next with Phoenix. First off, we would like to say a big thank you for accepting to have this discussion with us. This means a whole lot to us and we absolutely do not take this for granted. And also, a big congratulations on your success of your project defense. We are wishing you the very best from all of us here. You know, I've been following you for quite some time and we have had a couple of interactions by social media, but not to the point of you having a proper introduction of yourself. So, uh, I think you know me a bit, but... Um, this is this is about you not me exactly so can you briefly introduce yourself like your career your profession interests and things you're most deeply passionate about would like to hear them well thank you very much i'm very grateful for the opportunity to be on this platform um i well uh, let's say it's a privilege, really, and I, and I don't take it for granted. My name is Jobal Jelabi, Jesu Jobal Jelabi. I'm from Oyo State, Nigeria. I recently finished my program, my BFAM program from the Abafimelo University, Lefe. Uh Yes, and let's just say I'm a kind of person that likes to take life one day at a time. So, yeah, that's me for now. Okay, Mr. Jalabi. So at this point, I would like to share how I got to know Mr. Jalabi. You know, a friend of mine was suffering the nets and she saw a tweet that deeply caught her attention. So she shared the tweet with me, knowing well that I would deeply relate to this tweet. And we had a long conversation about it. And this was on Mr. Jalabi's project topic, which sparked a lot of interest. And for me, apart from the fact that I could deeply relate to it, uh, with a lot of or maybe a few folks out there this topic was to me a detail from the regular project topic you could find visibly in the faculty of pharmaceutical science like i shared with you you know 
um, earlier that I was trying while I was trying to get you on that I mentioned that I was deeply fascinated about you well some people you know some folks out there however they may argue that it isn't pharmacy related you know it isn't pharmacy related so Mr. Jolabi could you tell us about your project topics uh, the story behind the topic I mean a friend will ask why a friend of mine asked why such topic how you know how did you get ethical approval for that in your faculty all right thank you very much once again alex i i appreciate the opportunity again i'm going on to my topic i think it's only fair that we say what the topic is first the topic of my final year project was um implications of failure on students who have repeated a class or more in the faculty of pharmacy of Bafinaolo University, Ileife. And interestingly, when I put the project uh, out there, it was it was really not to garner attention in quotes. It was just me trying to be, oh, okay, with the frame project, you upload normal photos. Only for me to see it going viral. And it was at that point that I actually saw that, yes, it was quite controversial, but the controversies around the topic are more than one firstly a lot of people could relate with it especially people within the pharmacy circle my people they could relate with it because at some point a number of pharmacists or uh, pharmacy students out there have experienced failure and nobody seemed to be talking about it on the other hand people the non-pharmacists found it unusual i mean we're talking about the faculty of pharmacy you'd expect something about paracetamol or something about drugs at least something that was related to drugs but the topic was so far away from drugs that they wondered how on earth it could be a pharmacy topic so i think uh let's clarifying that part first off i worked when i was trying to get the project topic uh, at the beginning of my final year i one thing was sure the only thing that i had in mind at the art point was that i did not like lab work i really was trying to do a project without getting to the lab and the only option i had then was in pharmacy administration now talking about pharmacy administration one thing you're going to come to find is that it's very although it's very well studies in pharmacy might be quite new in nigeria comparative uh, compared to other parts of the world i mean i think it goes as far back as the 80s in some other parts of the world but in nigeria it's relatively new but it's an essential part of pharmacy if you look at it holistically it's not enough to know the biology to know the chemistry to know the uh, physiology and the biochemistry of these drugs you have to understand that when i dealing with human beings too as healthcare professionals especially considering that pharmacy as a profession is tending towards the pharmaceutical care era where the patient is the center of every treatment so we're dealing with image we have to deal with the patient directly we have to deal with other members of the healthcare team and if luckily for you you're not even in that setting the hospital setting you're uh in say industry where you have to worry about marketing sales tactics and all that so pharmacy administration handles this aspect of pharmacy that's why most times we in pharmacy administration you don't worry so much about scientific theories in quotes it tends it tilts more towards the social sciences so you find topics like uh, the needs theory, I mean, Maslow's hierarchy, you find uh, Heinzberg 
X and Y factors, leadership theories, and things, communication models, very, very, very intriguing things. That's what you find there. And one of the emerging parts of pharmacy administration is pharmacy education. Because really to appreciate the whole concept of pharmacy itself, there's no way you will not you leave out the education part. Pharmacy education is integral, and that's why in a place like the Amer- like America, for instance, you'd find that I mean, you'd find a professor of pharmacy education because it's a, it's big enough. There, there are enough studies in pharmacy education under pharmacy administration by itself. So it's it's interesting that a lot of people could not relate with it, and I understand why. But that's not to downplay what it is. Pharmacy education is just as important, especially if we want to groom the next generation of pharmacists. We want to prepare them efficiently. We want to prepare them to attend to the needs of the 21st century. It's important that we look into pharmacy education as an area of pharmacy practice. And that's what uh, my study did. Interestingly, mine was not the only topic in pharmacy education. I worked with um, Professor W. Aaron. Aaron uh, is a professor of pharmacy education. Uh, pharmacy administration and Dr. Jagede from the Faculty of Pharmacy OAU, and they were very, very wonderful. Their support, in fact, put through. As a matter of fact, I got the topic from them. They suggested they had we had a list of topics, possible topics in pharmacy education that we could explore. And I and my colleagues picked from that list. So you'd find other interesting topics in, on that list. I mean, I had a friend, a colleague of mine, who worked on the motivators and predictors of cheating. In pharmacy school, there was a, a son who worked on uh, mentorship in pharmacy schools, uh, mentorship and lecturer oversight and the effects on students, pharmacy students' performance. I had uh, a colleague that worked on uh, attrition directly, worked with students that have been withdrawn from the faculty and what was uh, their performance subsequently. So we had a whole lot of topics. Mine was just one. But talking about my, I personally picked that one because I could relate with it. I'd, I've seen people fail. Interestingly, I myself have had to take a class again once but i've seen people fail and not get back from it i've seen people who everybody knows are amazing people they are smart and once they experience academic failure they never get back they are never the same person again and nobody is asking this question so we needed to create something we need to have a scientific basis to 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 come up with conclusions and that's what my study tried to do so in the study i assessed the emotional implications of failure the psychological implications of failure that's the overall psychological implications the financial implications and the effect the possible effect on the subsequent performance of students who had repeated the class or more that's that was basically the objective of that study and i promise you that discoveries we're finding as it is and i'm already working on having it published in some local journals uh maybe even some other journals but i'm already worried in the uh face of publishing and it's already looking good uh yes mr jellaby i would completely agree with you when you talk about pharmacy administration that particular curriculum being new in our nigeria universities and talking about pharmacy education i believe most of my colleagues right now they will not be able to wrap their head around it when you talk about what it might entail and it's a good thing that our Nigeria University, most especially uh, the faculty of pharmacy, that evolving and taking that part to be very, very important. I'm so, so happy about this, that we are evolving. And I'm so, as well happy that um, you are bold enough to talk about this. You're talking about this right now and 
you are thinking about taking this further by having a research paper being published it's such a great great idea and we here we are encouraging you to keep up the good work and keep at it haven't said that anyways okay um you know the study if you if a lot of folks if they have read you know your article they will understand that the study is centered on three to four areas and two of those areas includes emotional implications and psychological effects so we were wondering if you try to explore this student's love for the course and profession as a whole that made them fail or repeat the class after they have passed it you know like uh, i could give you an example i have a friend a very dear friend to me he failed surgery in his final year class so he had to repeat the class and after he has passed um, the course and now he is deeply passionate about surgery so we're wondering since you know your study is centered on emotional implications and psychological effects did it also affect this student's love for the course or the profession as a whole okay all right thank you very much for that question alex mm, i think it's a very valid question however i'd like to clarify uh, my study did not go deep to the course level i only tried to assess the effect the immediate effect of so when I say something about uh, emotional implication, based on already existing studies, already existing work, some researchers have already tried to uh, categorize the emotions that are felt in academic environments. Uh, they're called academic emotions. And there are two main classes, the positive academic emotions and the negative academic emotions. So uh, for the positive academic emotions, you see feelings like um, happiness, hope, and a couple of other emotions and for negative uh, emotions like shame uh sadness and all of that so i basically used this background to try to assess the class the predominant class of emotions that these students felt post the incident of failure so that that's basically i did not go in depth perhaps a further study or some other study can try to assess uh specific effects with respect to courses but i did not go to that extent in my study i only assess the uh predominant class of emotions felt that's that's what i mean by emotional implications no i was once a student and i failed the course and to be honest with you i knew the exact reason why i failed that course i had to take the course again you know i had to you know repeat the course and in fact i had to repeat the class all over again so I was wondering, did from a student perspective though, did your work try to think of any factor that contributed majorly to their failure rate? Because I believe um, if you can identify this major factor that contributed to the student's uh, failure and had to repeat the course, this will provide adequate recommendation on how to cut this rate in a higher institution so did your study tend to uh, find out the major factor that contributed to student failure rate all right um alex i think 
now we are trying to be ambitious with the topic. Um, it's, I think at this point it's important again that I state what my topic was. Uh, I worked on the implications of failure with students who have repeated a class or more. And I think it's fair to um, reiterate that that simply uh, means I worked on effects. Now, when you're talking about academic failure, uh, from the study, from the um, what's it called, literature review that I had to do, you come to find out that there's the causes part and there's the effect. There's a cause and there's an effect or effects. Uh, what the question you just asked falls into the category of causes, the factors that lead to academic failure. But my work focused majorly on effects, and the whole purpose of the work was such that. Uh, of course, it's good to prevent failure. For the instance where they are not um, preventable, or where they where they happen, how can institutions, how can um, individuals or relevant stakeholders intervene to get the best outcomes even post failure? Now, understanding causes is a pre- failure intervention. It means that you try to prevent the incident. Until for my study, was more on a post-failure focus. But then, uh, coming back to your question on uh, reasons why students fail, I think for the, there's been a lot, a whole lot of, I got to, I came across a lot of study, studies done in that uh, regard in respect of that. And I think one that I found most interesting was the categorization that, uh, of the courses rather, sorry, uh, the categorization of the courses into institutional and personal reasons i think that simply breaks it down because most of these studies are going to acknowledge the fact that the causes of failure are complex and yeah they are multifactorial there's there's a lot of variables involved but uh, at the very basis it's just simple to classify them to the institutional and the personal reasons now the personal reasons of course are talking about low self-esteem poor study habits uh, sometimes it could even be gender it could be factors such as gender there's a lot of uh, personal variables to explore and the institutional factors you, you come, you assess the institution that's, you talk about number of uh, students, quality of uh, classes and exams and uh, all of that so those are the institutional factors so yes, the courses can be personal and they can be institutional that's the courses of failure but my work Focused more on the effects, so I assessed what happens post failure. And interestingly, because of course, in trying to come up with a theoretical framework for my work, I was unable to avoid the pre-failure context. And I think you would find it interesting that there's quite a number of of factors, as I said earlier, involved even in the pre-failure stage. Uh, you're talking about the mindset of the students, you're talking about disposition and a whole lot of other factors. So, yes, there's that part, but my work was post-failure. Thank you. Okay, um, it's a good thing that you just clarified to us that your work was centered on the after-effect of failure, which is post-failure. You know, some of my colleagues here thought that you also had the privilege to handle both aspects as the pre and the post failure but that's okay i mean 
most of the questions here are actually centered on pre-failure. We believe that if we can understand the causes of this failure, then perhaps our problem will be hard solved. Nevertheless, though, um, I would skip to the very end concerning your research paper or let's say your project. Okay, you worked with um, perhaps an adequate sample size which was considered to be appropriate by your supervisor. Now, um, did you have any challenges collecting that sample size for your data analysis and looking at your sample size? Would you consider the failure rate in your institution to be really disturbing? All right, Alex, um, thank you very much for that question. Um, I believe it's a question that really is inevitable in an interview like this, most especially considering that a few days after my, my project out, uh, for some very strange reason, the report, media report about the mass failure the faculty of Amzio you came out and it was all over the media space and I don't know it's just it's just a sad thing to see uh, I think I'll just go straight to the numbers as at the time of my study the total population of students who had repeated a class uh, at least once was 206 that was the total population of students who had repeated before so and of course, this is in a uh, total population of students between 200 and 500 level. You're looking at about um, 500, 600 students because the whole thing exempted 100 level students because they were not taking core pharmacy courses yet. They were still taking the basic science courses, so they were totally exempted. So between 200 and um, 500 level, we had 206 of about... 500, 600. So yes, you can make the calculation based on failure uh, percentages. You can, I think we can do the estimation ourselves. And coming back to the other part of the question, the easiness of getting my data, uh, it was not easy. I think that, that's just the bottom line. It was not easy because failure is not an incident that you want to remember. So uh, me going to these students to give them questionnaires about their experiences when they failed really brought back a lot of bitter memories for some of them and as a matter of fact some had to be exempted had to be excluded from the study because of the emotional risk associated with it so and the ones in fact a number required convincing i had to convince them that oh don't worry no private information is required you're anonymous and all of that um some had to share my personal experience because I, as I said earlier, I've also experienced academic failure at some point. I had to relate with them on a personal level for them to be confident enough. And of course, show them the whole purpose of the study, the whole need for the study, such that uh, at least if we cannot, if it's too late to intervene for us, we can help subsequently people that might go through this experience in the future. What, possible ways to help them at least we can uh, provide some data some information as to how uh, they can be helped and that was the whole purpose of the study so uh, some of them were able to relate with this and they came through so at the end of the day um, out of a total I required I think um, my pop my sample size rather was after calculations and all that was about 167 
uh, with a 10%, I use the 10% attrition rate to uh, account for any unplanned scenario. So that puts it at about 180, I think. Yes, I think about 180. By the end of the day, I got a total number of 177 responses. I promise you that getting that was definitely not easy. It was not easy. Okay, that's really interesting to know. I mean, you you posted you posted it on social media. That's how I got to know about it. And you know, social media comes with a lot of criticism, both positive and negative criticism, constructive and destructive criticism, whichever it may be. You know, from folks, you know, the destructive ones or the negative one coming from folks. I saw a lot of them from folks that are not so well enlightened you could say that um about the faculty of pharmaceutical science and they said it they find the topic to be really ridiculous and all whatnot so i was wondering how were you are able to manage the social media criticism coming from your project topic concerning and um, your project topic actually it's a very interesting one, Alex. Um, um, first things first, I think I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I want to be, well, you already said it yourself. Uh, most of the criticisms that came that seemed negative were from people that did not understand the need or the topic itself. So, and of course, being a millennial myself, I, I know what social media is. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite a social media person. So I've seen the good and the bad side of it. And I know when trolls are just being trolls. And uh, over time, let's just say I've been able to grow a thick skin. But at the same time, I, I am quite passionate about helping people that are interested. Because some people just do it for the fun of it. They just want to be mischief makers and just go see the rubbish that this guy did and all that. But some people actually don't understand it. So for those kind of people, I do my best to give some insight to help them see some background. Maybe that will help them put the topic in perspective. And yes, it, this works for some people, but uh, for some other people, of course, those ones are just being clowns on social media. And but as regards me, I mean, please, I think it would take more than a couple of people who do not have anything to do. Uh, we're just messing around on social media to, to get under my skin so yeah I'm good thank you for checking by the way <laughs> finally Mr. Jalebi finally what are your last thoughts to listeners as it pertains to your project topic that is students who can really or deeply relate to that topic actually and of course to Nigeria Higher Educational Institution. What are your thoughts concerning that? And hope you wouldn't mind sharing your various social media handles so that you know people who would want to you know contact you and perhaps read the abstract for those that haven't read the abstract would like to contact you and hoping that you would share the links to them. Hope you don't mind sharing your social media handle as well. All right. Um, first things first, I think to everybody who has experienced academic failure, particularly those who are still in school, 
please as much as possible try to reach out if you must get help it's it's not a you know there's nothing to be ashamed about there's nothing to be uh ashamed about you just reach out if you have counselors if you can access counselors if it's a friend if it's parents that you can confide just find someone that you can confide in and express as much as you can the only way to get better is to get help uh thankfully we're beginning to pay more attention to mental health in the nigerian society and hopefully institutions to are able to have adequate structures in place to cater for these sets of people because you find out that Academic failure does not necessarily have to lead to long-term negative effects. Sometimes, if properly managed, if right interventions are made and the right coping mechanisms are explored, you can have positive outcomes. People have failed and have come out much stronger. So yes, it doesn't have to be all negative. You can get positives out of it, but you need to get help if you if you must. As a matter of fact, I think I think everybody who has experienced academic failure should be made to go through. A therapy session uh, to aid their recovery process. So that's that to the uh, stakeholders and the students in particular. Uh, failure is obviously not the end of the world. As a matter of fact, my favorite quotes, interest, they are credited, attributed to Winston Churchill, but there's no valid backing that it ever came from him. It's that success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. So it's all about finding that courage to continue. Um, and of course, about me, well, I've tried to put out an abstract, not the exact abstract, but some, some something somewhat of an abstract. So for anyone that cares uh, to read, it's out of, I put it on social media not too long ago. Uh, my handles are Joba Ojelabi. That's J O B A O J E L A B I, Joba Jalabi, across all platforms. I like to be uniform Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, everywhere. It's Joba Jalabi. And yeah, I think that's just it. That's me. In conclusion, Mr. Jalabi, we would like to end this episode with a few words that deeply resonate with us when we read your abstract. And I believe we should call it an, an excerpt from it. And I think everyone should note this. It is worthy to note. So the words reads, the ultimate aim was to improve pharmacy education, that this wasn't about drugs or receptors. It was about people and systems and the theories that affected them that's it that that's just it i just love that 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 was that was perfect that was awesome thank you so much mr jalabi we are deeply deeply grateful for this conversation and god god speeds in your future endeavors and hopefully we're hoping to contact you again you know just to see how things are good faring and going up with you we'll keep in touch thank you so so much and do have a great day and that's it guys thank you so much this is an initiative of pxavia corporation